Tonight we're gonna go out. We're gonna meet some ladies. It's gonna be legendary. Phone five. You're my best friend, Barney. Good, and as your best friend, I suggest we play a little game I like to call, Have You Met Ted? No, 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 we're not playing Have You Met Ted. Hi, Have You Met Ted? Hi. Let me guess, Ted. So what do you do? I'm a reporter for Metro News One. Oh. Well, kind of a reporter. I do those dumb little fluff pieces at the end of the news, you know, like, Monkey, you can play the ukulele. But I'm hoping to get some bigger stories soon. Bigger, like a gorilla with an upright bass? Sorry, you're really pretty. It's Britney, bitch. And uh, the Iraq, everywhere, like, such as. I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Out, Charlie! Ah! Our next door neighbors are foreign countries. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. Hey, everybody. Something a little bit different than what you might be used to coming this week. We are joined by a professional podcaster with an enormous audience, Sabrina Zohar. So if you are a fan of Sabrina's who is listening to our pod for the first time, welcome. Welcome to Remember Shuffle. And Jordano thought we would take the opportunity to introduce ourselves. And without bragging too much, we're happy to say that the show has been steadily growing recently. We figured it might be a good opportunity to reintroduce ourselves as the two anonymous first name only guys on the internet that some folks listen to to talk about pop culture so yeah the show's called remember shuffle it is a 2000s pop culture retrospective my name is ben i am uh, i'm the podcast daddy i think because i introduce the show every time both jordano and i are a couple of canadians living in the states i'm the slob to jordano's neat freak i'm the louder one to the quieter one i'm the disorganized i'm the pirate to jordano's robot for anyone who is familiar with improv roles and yes before you comment we know that we sound the same we can't help it they're the voices <laughs> we were given Drina, why don't you introduce yourself to any potential new listeners I mean, we can just talk more about you that sounds better honestly <laughs> yeah i think you have uh, like an unconquerable spirit you know <laughs> you live true to your nature and mm -hmm. you're not willing to compromise or take a dampened version of what you believe is right yeah principles two principles sometimes i there was a great Chappelle skit back in the day when keeping it real goes wrong which is going to be the title of my memoir if i ever write one but yeah i guess i am the robot which is nice the robot's got a nice job honestly the robot you just have to do a thing according to rules and that sounds nice anyway we probably shouldn't take too long on the yeah. intro sure because yeah, yeah. uh if you're here for sabrina so let's get to it please enjoy this interview with sabrina zohar talking about pick up artist culture just to do a little road mapping for the show the interview will last about 45 minutes and then Ben and I will do a more traditional show afterwards. And I'll put the timestamp for anybody who's interested. Let's fucking do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Remember Shuffle. My name is Ben. With me, as always, is my co-host, Jordano. Hello. Hi. I'm doing hypnosis on you. I'm, I'm doing a highly advanced method of subliminal messaging. I've already aroused, Jordano. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> and this is our third entry in our Types of Guy series. We did the hipster. We did the Epic Bacon Reddit poster. And now we are doing pick up artist culture and we are joined today by sabrina zohar a friend of jordano so why 
why why don't you introduce her there bud yes brina you were one of the first people i met in new york and really gave me an idea of how many cool people were here and you're a dating coach now a podcaster you're the founder of software clothing which can i say i bought a bunch of your shirts and for me the shirt that i would wear on dates is a very prized item in the wardrobe <laughs> it's hung up in a glass mm-hmm. case and the software shirts immediately became like i needed both ones for going out and for wearing at home it's this beautiful venn diagram of being good enough to go on a date with but also to hang out in the house with thanks man i appreciate it that's the the beauty of those shirts because they instantly evoke a like oh you want to touch somebody so thank you and thanks for the plug i appreciate it so yeah nice to meet you guys sabrina zohar and yeah dating coach hosts do the work podcast entrepreneur and after living in new york for 12 years in la for two i can call people out on some bullshit and i love talking about dating and how everybody really <laughs> needs to get their fucking head checked so let's get in it yeah and i really wanted to bring you on for this episode because with these pickup artists the way that they went about fixing their dating life was to just wallpaper over all the cracks in peacock wallpaper (laughs) it's like if you just memorize these 50 lines then you'll be fixed and not actually doing any of the work on themselves it just screams low self-esteem anytime i see Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with if i see one more fucking hinge profile because people will send theirs in and i'm like wow you guys just went on buzzfeed and saw like 20 pickup you know 20 things to put so let me guess you're fluent in sarcasm you as a woman you're gonna (laughs) you as a woman you know where you want to eat right that's the famous one i actually know where i want to eat i feel like when people don't have their own identity and when they don't actually know who they are it's just easier to be like cool so instead of me actually having to do the work to figure out what is it that i like who do i like what do i want to become what's happening in my body all of those crazy scary things called feelings and emotions instead it's just easier to pick up a book called the game or look online or look at buzzfeed or look at clickbait and be like cool they tell me that this is cool so let me have somebody else validate my experience and tell me what to do here that's a perfect way to sum it up because so much of this stuff is how do i copy things that other people said that they said worked for them in a conversation instead of just having a normal conversation in which it's not pre-scripted i hate to sound like an after-school psa but you're not being yourself you're being someone else it's like the derrigan's <laughs> drug things where you're like just be yourself and go it's like no but actually the relationship i have now is one that's been the most secure that i've ever had and i think a lot of people will look at mine and be like but i understand how did you get this and i'm like you're not gonna like my answer because it's gonna be counterintuitive to everything you think i was unapologetically myself of course when we say things like that of understanding who you are and not going to other things we can't excuse taking accountability this isn't uh doing uh well this is just who i am no that's just lazy and that's just at low effort bullshit because you just don't want to do any work here you just rather say if you don't love me at my worst you don't get me at my best sorry bitch i'm not your parents i don't have to deal with you at your like <laughs> dating is a contract renegotiation back and forth i agreed to this version of you you can't just all of a sudden decide that you're going to throw this other fucking version of me and say, well, that's just who I am. And I think just being able to do that takes away accountability. But there has to be a balance between, yeah, I can be accountable like myself. I know I'm a big personality. I know I'm a lot. I'm not going to be for every guy. And that's great because I don't like everybody. So why the fuck would I want everyone to like me? But knowing that meant that when I dated and when I was going out there and doing what I needed to do, that meant that I could unapologetically show up and know like, hey, if you don't like me, at least I know that you don't like me for me as opposed to you don't like me Mm. as being somebody else and then I don't feel like I got a fair chance and then you start catching them and being held up on people because you feel like they didn't really get to know you for who you are well put the book down start to figure out what's going on for yourself and maybe show up on a date and see how it looks if you just put your dick on the table not literally and just see like (laughs) what happens when you're just you and if people don't like it it's like "Ah, at least they don't like you for you and not for who you're trying to be and we'll be walking through the history of this subculture and the book the game as well as some of the techniques that they use because there's a lot of podcasts out there that will rip on this book for being bad advice.
advice. And I'd like to be the devil's advocate in the sense that I think that what they're doing is immoral. But the problem with the advice isn't that it doesn't work. And that's where I'm going to be the devil's advocate. Because if you listen to other podcasts like If Books Could Kill or Low Culture Boil, they will talk about how this advice doesn't work. But I'm saying that there is a lot of stuff in here that does work. It's just like kind of psychotic. You'd have to be a bad person to do it. So there is a distinction there that I'd like to make. And I would like to be a bit of a devil's advocate, and talk, <laughs> which is a tough, tough spot so wait, to be in my, for these guys. From my understanding, the book, I haven't read it, but my partner, he was like, please, who, like what guy hasn't fucking encountered this book? From my understanding, though... The the author, when he was writing it, he, I think, himself was a little surprised and shocked by the culture. It wasn't like he was sitting here boasting it and being like, hey, guys, here's what everyone should do. Or am I wrong? Because that's what I thought. He tries to have his cake and eat okay. it, too. And we're okay. going to get that. So there's there's definitely some trying to walk back. There's definitely a lot of bragging in the book because he immerses himself in right. the life. So there's a lot of bragging. There's some self-help aspects. There's trying to walk it back. Big have his cake and eat it, too, Perfect. energy. Yeah, Giordano's going to be the devil's advocate. I'm going to be the uh, I guess the Pope <laughs> whatever the opposite is of the devil's advocate I'm going to be uh, team roasting but if you want to get an idea of how these people could be mocked we love to talk about sitcoms on this pod Barney Stinson is a parody of the pickup artist and that's a parody of the ridiculous nature of it right he does magic he's peacocking he has schemes in the playbook and the games that he runs that's one sitcom parody of these guys the other is Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia who has a system called the Dennis System and several of those steps, I think, are lifted verbatim from the game, like demonstrate value. Isolate. Isolate. Yeah. 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 And that is a parody of the very malicious and manipulative side of the pickup artist subculture. God, I can't wait for us to get into this. <laughs> I'm so fucked. Yeah. Let's get going. Pua culture, if we're going to define our terms here, is men who practice, and I quote, the Venusian arts. The martial arts is named after the god Mars. This is named after the goddess of love, Venus. <laughs> They are men who want to approach women in public at the bar, get numbers, ideally have sex, but they're also writers, they're seminar runners, and most of all, most of all, they are posters in the early 2000s. They love to post. As in posting to online pickup artist forums. And they think that any dude can maximize chances with women by practicing certain techniques that range in quality from some good pieces of practical advice, like, I don't know, grooming. That's hygiene grooming, by the way, not the other kind. To laughable ridiculousness and this very malicious manipulation. So Sabrina, I'm wondering, do you have any experience with a pickup artist or or do you have a story about the worst pickup experience attempt experience? Oh God, it's so funny. You know when people ask you those questions and then the 12 years I lived in New York just goes away. And it's like, yes, you have. I'm trying to think. I'll never forget. I was at the Blind Barber <laughs> years ago when I lived in East Village at the time. But in 2009, 2010, that place was the fucking place before Bridge and Tunnel Kids figured it out. I remember being there and I was with a guy that was just like a hookup buddy kind of friend type thing and we were sitting and he was like all right I'm gonna go to the bathroom and there's a gentleman at the edge of the other bar and so as he goes to the bathroom the bartender comes up and he's like got a drink and I just look and I was like from Eric the one who just went to the bathroom and he's like nope guy at the bar and I was like no thank you I'm literally with this guy there's nothing <laughs> like we weren't just like friends it's like we were touching each other I was like no I'm good <laughs> goes back and the guy comes back a couple like a, literally a second later and he's like he's insisting on it and I was like and I'm insistent on no thank you and so I was like I'm good the guy then comes over and he's like so 
oh, you're not going to take my drink. And I just, I like, I remember just turning around and being like, I don't know how much clearer can I make it that I don't want that. And he just sits down and he's like, really? I'd love to know why. And then, so then the guy, Eric comes back from the bathroom. He's just standing there. And I just looked at him and I was like, I don't know what to do. Cause like as a woman, you're not going to necessarily provoke somebody because I walk out of that bar and that dude's waiting on the corner. That's the end of my game. So I remember just looking at Eric and the guy just looks and he's like, so this is your dude. And Eric just looks at him and he's like, yeah, hey, nice to meet you. And he's like, what's your name? He's like, how do you know her? And he just grabs me, make like kisses me. And he's like, it's my sister. <laughs> and then of course, like the guy just looked and he's like, uh. and I remember just Eric's just like, so you can get the fuck out of our seat now before I make you get the fuck out of our seat. And the guy goes and he was like, sorry, just to, you know, insult Eric. And that was one of those moments where I was just like, wow, this guy tried everything in the book to put him down, to put me down, to try all these different tactics. And I was like, do you think my self-esteem is so low that by you belittling me or him is going to make me be like, oh my God, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Not a shot. These guys do sincerely believe that they can get any woman if she's married, if she's with her family. There are no circumstances in which there isn't the perfect thing to say <laughs> that they can do research and figure out what that perfect thing is and, and run technology. And so this subculture actually comes about because of the internet. It's only possible because of the internet. We thought the internet would be like the second coming of the Gutenberg printing press because of lower barriers to entry. But this is what we got instead. We got guys who would go out and try to talk to women. And the community is made up of nerds, right? Because if you're getting laid, you're not going to do research into how to get laid, really. <laughs> you're just going to keep doing your thing. There are literal magicians and jugglers in this None community. None of that surprises like, me. It's mostly <laughs> it's mostly magicians. <laughs> and so they go out to bars and they say, hey, I talked to a girl about zodiac signs and I was able to carry the conversation for 10 minutes and we talked about this, this and this. And they're breaking down the parts of the conversation and sort of analyzing them and being like, okay, this is a trust building. This is relationship build. This is intimacy building. And breaking it down into a script that they can follow and stick to. And one of the most famous openers is asking a woman, do you believe in spells? And then writing about, okay, if she says this, respond this way. If she says this, respond this way. So I'll get into the game a little bit here. I'll just summarize the plot. It's written by this guy, Neil Strauss, who's in a, he's a good author. He wrote the Motley Crue autobiography, but part of a story for Rolling Stone was he had to interview people from this subculture. Mystery, who's a pickup artist from Toronto. He wrote the Mystery Method. He had that show, I don't know if you ever saw it, on MTV, Keys to the VIP. No, thank God. He's a <laughs> guy who wears a top hat and flying goggles to peacock. <laughs> he's a magician as well. And because he's an author, he gets a chance to speak to a lot of the gurus in the pickup artist community. So he's speaking to guys like Ross Jeffries, who's a hypnotist. He believes in hypnotizing women. With hand gestures and tone of voice. This is what is so profoundly fucked up and malicious about this. Like, these guys genuinely believe that they can do mind control by putting their hands and in here's a certain what's sad is like they're using psychology, basic principles of like how do you make someone feel comfortable? Eye contact, things like that. It's like you're taking something that's actually really beautiful that people really connect with and then you're gamifying it and you're just using your manipulation tactic because mm -hmm. I, I will rip them a new one later. It's fine. We'll just keep going before I go on. <laughs> we'll get to techniques because like you just said, a lot of this stuff is good advice. It's just too bad that it's so targeted and like hostile to anyone right. if else. If used the right way, this could actually be positive and maybe people could see like real success in their life instead of gamifying it. But that's mine. This is their journey. Yeah. These guys are using it essentially to fill a hole from the when they were laughed at as, as a teenager. But he studies from guys like David D'Angelo, who believes in this cocky, funny routine. And then Mystery, who's like I said, 
a literal magician. And so they end up renting this house in Hollywood and hosting seminars for dozens of guys who go up and down the Sunset Strip using these routines. And Style, the author... Yes, uh, he's both reporting on the community, embedded in the field, going to the seminars, learning everything he can learn, and then he becomes part of it. So he gets his stupid Pua code name, which is Style, which I think originally started as an ironic nickname because he was kind of yeah. schlubby. But he gets too close. He, he, he gets too, too close to, close to, to his source yeah. material. And the story is kind of the rise and fall of Neil Strauss. And it's this, as I said, this bizarre mix of advice and autobiography and also reporting on these people. And here's an example of what I mean when I say he wants to have his cake and eat it too and walk it back. He had a buddy who was really, really successful with women. And this buddy eventually changes and he finds religion. And his friend comes to apologize to Neil Strauss slash style, our author, for leading him down this path of just trying to pick up as many women as possible and basing yourself worth on that. And so I'm quoting the book here. Oh, and Neil Strauss does not accept his friend's apology because he says, you don't have anything to apologize for. I love this. And this is how he makes his defense. He says, if a guy wants to improve his odds of meeting women, he's going to have to make some changes to himself. And it just so happened that all the qualities women look for in guys are good things. I mean, I've become more confident. I started working out and eating healthier. I'm getting in touch with my emotions and learning more about spirituality. I've become a more fun, positive person. And I'm not just more successful with women now. I'm more successful in every other human interaction from dealing with my landlord to handling credit card overcharges. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm learning how to pick up women. Sure. But in the process, I'm becoming a better human being. And about 15% of the book is stuff like this. And the other 85 is like, don't forget to isolate the woman from the group or whatever. Don't forget to have a good quality neg. Plant lint on her and then criticize her for having lint on her clothes. It's a very bifurcated It's like having a fucking donut party at the gym, but being like, yeah, but look, we're on the treadmill though, right? And you're like, yeah, but you're still doing all this other shit that's so unhealthy. And I think it's so obvious. Mm -hmm. What's sad is I have about a 50-50 male client to female client ratio. I get a lot of awesome dudes. I very rarely get those manipulative guys, but I've definitely had people that write in or I hear it from the women's perspective or just my own. Like like I said, I was dating for fucking like decades, it feels like. But I remember asking my the guy I dated before I met my now partner. And when we first started dating, he was like perfect. He was texting me every day. We had the cute little nicknames. He was making plans consistently, doing everything on paper that you're like, yay, this person likes me. Unbeknownst to me, this guy was like super avoidant, really insecure, erectile dysfunction. Like we had a slew of issues in the two months that we were actually dating. And towards the end, when I started to like, you know, you start seeing the shift in dynamic and you start to see the change. And when I asked him, I was like, I don't understand what happened, what transpired. And this is when it hit me when he looked me right in the eyes very coldly and said, what, you don't think I know what a woman wants to hear? And I was like, excuse me? And he's like, let me ask you, do you think this is the first time I've dated? And he was like, trust me, I know what it is that a woman wants and what she what she wants to hear. <laughs> Does it include that sentence? <laughs> Exactly. I was like, so this is the this is the end of that road, though, right? Like, because this is not what wants to hear. But that was our great <laughs> conversation, essentially. And that's when it really all hit me. Like, the stars aligned. All of the work I started to do now became very clear where I was like, well, okay, Zohar, you've always gone after the guys that do this behavior that you deem correct, right? But then what we have to remember is, do we not think that those guys have also perfected the craft of this behavior? That if you see, it's like Pavlov's dog. If you see that a woman likes when you text her every single day, and that's how you're going to get laid, I'm fairly certain that a guy is going to start to pick up and be like, huh, this equals this. I'm going to keep doing this because I keep getting this. And so we are fucking humans. That's literally our brain is wired to look for repetition and to look for consistency and to look for something that works because that's safety. So if, if we don't, if we're so disconnected and our brain's just like, hey, this equals this consistently and that's a pattern, 
pattern, then that's how we get stuck in patterns. Whether you're like me dating guys like that, or you are the guys dating women like that. Yeah. Cause and effect pattern recognition. Exactly. And I think that's our through line for the whole episode is these guys are doing the wrong thing first, which is just realizing what women want to hear. And eventually there is an end to the runway for that. You can't just, you're not just going to do that for the it rest of your exhausting. life. It's not sustainable. There's mm-hmm. a very sad story that Neil Strauss writes where he's hooking up with a literal teenage mother. She's like 19 and she has a one and a half year old. And after they have sex, she starts crying and she says, I gave it up too soon. And he's like, I knew the exact three things to say in this context. And they weren't lies because I fully believe them, which is big George Costanza yeah. energy. <laughs> it's not a lie if you believe it. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of yeah. ick for me from Neil Strauss. Well, it's a lot of shame as well. I'm reading Brene Brown's book about shame and things like that. And that's what we were talking about earlier is how do you shame a woman? The f- main three things that you could do, shame her about her age, shame her about her body and her physicality, or shame her about her body count, her promiscuity. And so it's like, if you have that opportunity where a 19 year old impressionable, like we have to remember too, psychologically, like we talk neuroscience, which is what I've been studying now. You have to remember the prefrontal cortex in the front of your brain isn't formed until you're 20 fucking eight. So a 19 year old, mm. she is clay right there. This prefrontal cortex, I think they call it the general, but the reason you want this to be turned on more often is because this is how we come from logic versus when you go into the amygdala and like kind of right in the middle of the brain, that stops forming when you're six. That's where trauma gets stored. So this poor young girl is now like, I could only imagine what he probably said to her to manipulate her and get her to probably feel worse about herself and like body shame her like Andrew Tate's of the world because her brain is literally not even fucking developed, which is why they always go after women in their early 20s because they're so much more malleable. In the context, he actually thinks that he's a hero. He's like, he's like, you wanted to have sex and that's okay. That's like one of the three things that he said, but everything he's trying to say is very soothing to her, but he knows that he's he's like, I am averse to commitment. That is a personality trait that he says. It's like, so why are you fucking around with this 19-year-old with and the And why are you dude, lying to her? Why are you know. lying to her being like, because here's the reality. She's going to leave and I know exactly what she's going to say to her friends. I slept with him too soon and that's why he doesn't like me. See, you shouldn't fuck a guy on the first date because he's never going to take you seriously. Then you have girls like me being like, really? You want to tell the guy that I live with when we fucked on the first date? Because sorry, that doesn't always work for everybody. But that motherfucker, what was he doing? He was playing with her. Instead of being like, you know what? You didn't fuck me too soon. I don't want commitment. I don't want a relationship. It wouldn't have mattered when you had sex with me. And instead of being honest, it's no, 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 you didn't do it too soon. She's going to go home and fucking feel like shit when this guy doesn't want to be with her because he's being inauthentic and not actually telling her the truth. Yeah. Inauthentic is a great word for this. Yeah. So just to set up this part about the techniques here, it's too bad that these are the guys in the 2000s that were offering the most advice to men. And and it's very much still the case today with figures like Andrew Tate, where it just seems like we have the most toxic, weirdest guys offering dating advice. Guys who literally nickname themselves things like extra mask, juggler, sitsonif, which is hypnosis backwards, and are calling themselves (laughs) these things at the bar when they're talking to women. Like, this is my friend, extra mask. (laughs) Only mafiosos use more nicknames than these guys. (laughs) Everybody was there. Extra mask, Joey Sisonif. And so let's get into the techniques a little bit because I think the techniques can be broadly broken down into three categories. There's the good, the bad, and the ridiculous. And so I'll start with the good because, like I said, I'm being the devil's advocate. I read this as a young man and I found that if I could recognize how malicious most of the actions in the book were and just take the good advice for what it was, it could be quite helpful. So a lot of the book talks about openers and openers are great because when you go to a bar, especially pre-dating apps, you need a pretense to speak to someone. And that is what a good opener is providing is people want to talk to each other, but they needed like an instigating reason. And so you are providing that. Go say hi. 
can't just go say hi. I need a plan. I'm gonna wait until she goes to the bathroom mm -hmm. and I'll strategically place myself by Great the one. jukebox. So hi, have you met Ted? Hi. Usually this involves some kind of false time constraint. So you'll walk up to a group and be like, hey, I'm sorry, I have to get back to my friends, but we're just having this argument with my buddy right now. My friend's girlfriend is angry with him because on his Instagram search page, all of the suggested posts that he should look at are like, you know, Instagram thoughts and stuff like that. Should she be mad at him for that? Or our friend makes moon water and he believes that it's very beneficial. Have you guys ever collected moon water? He believes that a lot of people do this. Something that everybody has an opinion on can be an easy way to start a conversation. And so it provides you with this sense of the type of question you want to ask a group of strangers. That can also be incredibly manipulative because we all know that what this guy is doing is going up and taking stock of every answer and going, oh, she's hyper insecure because she's really anxious. She says, how dare a guy do that? Ooh, this one's way more secure. She says that's ridiculous and thinks that you can then start taking stock. I get what you mean. Starting a conversation is incredibly important, especially when you're out in the wild. I've been there where you're like, oh, what the fuck to say to this person? That guy's just really fucking hot and I want to fuck him. But but instead of just being so overt, you're like, hey, love that color on you. By the way, where'd you get that sweater? I fucking know. Versus coming in with something like that, because while I understand the, oh, yay, it's controversial. Everyone has an opinion. What it's also doing is it's allowing the other person to really take stock and figure out which one of them is going to be his victim. And that's what I mean by so like hopefully recognizing some of the the malicious parts. Your dad was like, I swear I want this to be the good, but this is the good. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need that opening to give you a chance for them to say something else that you can run with maybe they'll mention like yeah, you can't ignore the context is the thing though yeah go strike up a conversation with a potential new friend at the bar but when it's in the context of a book where we use terms like targets right. <laughs> sarging which is to be like a sergeant these magician jugglers love military acronyms power, power um, and control which is what they mm -hmm. lack Jordano, hit us with another good one <laughs> all right I'm, I'm taking the stand again to defend my friend's mystery and good the rest one, of them here. you know Okay, so Kino. Kino is this concept that I think is an incredibly helpful thing for someone who's never had this explained to them. And like you said earlier, Sabrina, it's a very simple concept like eye concept. So Kino is this sense that if I'm emphasizing a point, I will put my hand on your shoulder for a second when we're making a joke or to make a point. And that physical display of confidence with body language is not something that ever gets explained to you, but it can change the dynamic of a first date. If you can gracefully, and people rip on this all the time in other podcasts, and I'm trying to defend it but what do you like so let's say i'm talking to ben and i'm like oh my god i can't believe that and it's for a moment and it's just to build the sense that maybe we have a romantic relationship rather than an acquaintance relationship there's a bit more it's touching. A love language it's physical touch it's using something of a way that you can express yourself i'll tell you this when i asked my partner i was like how did you know that i was wanted to hook up with you and he was like you touched my leg and i was like really and he was like you touched it multiple times he was like you kept touching my leg and he was like not creepily he was like you would say something and that's how i am when i speak to people that's how i connect with people is through touch. So I will like grab somebody mm -hmm. or touch somebody on the shoulder or the back. That's how I genuinely connect with somebody versus using that because that is a connection point for people. So if somebody's constantly touching you, that's physical touch. So you could misconstrue that as, oh my God, physical touch is Georgiano's thing. Well, that's how he connects with me. No, that's his manipulation tactic to be like, yeah, if I touch somebody here and <laughs> stare at them in the eyes, psychologically, I'm connecting with them. It's the same as with a child. If you grab a child by the face and you look at them in the eyes, that's how you could build a secure attachment with them is so that they can understand how to 
connect with you. Well, yeah, and it's it's not just about manipulation. It's also about feeling comfortable with myself as a sensual person and feeling like I have some level of confidence with intimacy well, with this person. Well, but this person. is like explanation or an excuse. It's like this can be used for good things. This can explain things of, yeah, this is like you said, this is me warming up to you. This is me showing you that I like you versus, okay, are we using this mm. as an explanation to explain why you do what you do because you have authentic and real intentions? Or is it an excuse because you're like, yeah, yeah, but I connect. And it's like, no, you want to fuck her. V- two very different experiences yeah. that we can be having. I mean, sometimes you are in a situation where you want to be attractive to someone else and you have good intentions. And this really gets down to one of the basic tenets. I keep talking to my friends about this. If they're women, they usually just say like, just the idea that you are scheming to have sex with someone is bad. And so anything from that point forward is bad. You know, <laughs> I would just say one big gaping blind spot among the pickup artists is they think that they don't even entertain the notion that any success that they might have might be because a woman wants to have sex 100%. with them, right? It might just be that, yeah, maybe she thinks you're cute. Maybe she thinks you're funny. Maybe it's not the magic trick you did. Maybe <laughs> it's not the schemes and plots, but it's hard to isolate those variables. But that, in what I read in preparing for this, women can enjoy sex too, doesn't seem to be something that crosses well, their again, mind. Because shame, when we think about the culture, it's like I talk about this all the time. I'm like, why as women do we not talk about like, I wanted to get laid. When I met my partner, same thing. The guy I was dating before couldn't get hard. Excuse me, I hadn't been fucked in six months. I was really horny. Women don't say shit like that because we're shamed. Oh, gross, your body count. How does that affect you? How does that bother you? You know what? I have great sex because I know what it is that I liked versus you that hasn't done anything besides hang out with yourself. So when we shame, <laughs> when it's rooted in shame, you have to start to look under and peel behind the layers. These guys are not running towards a goal because if they were running towards a goal of, I want to meet somebody amazing. I want to have a life that's fulfilling. Then you are constantly checking yourself. When you're running away from fear, you use shame in order to keep yourself fucking going because the only way to continue running from fear is to shame yourself to keep going. Otherwise, you're going to lose the fucking energy to keep this game up. Yeah. Let's go to the bad. Let me finish off. So I'll just sprint through this. But I I do want to talk about the cube because the (laughs) editor's note for anybody who's interested in hearing what the cube sounds like. I do the cube on Ben at the one hour and three minute mark at the end of this episode. Have you ever had someone do the cube on you, Sabrina? Go on. (laughs) It's a personality test and I have used it dozens of times. Okay, because it's a lot of fun because everybody's favorite subject is themselves, right? So if you can do a personality test on someone and tell them a bit about themselves, potentially, they'll be interested in it. I have always found that, yeah, let's say you're 21, you're at the bar and the conversation is sputtering. You've run out of things to say. The cube will buy you three minutes and then in that three minutes, probably a lot of details about their life will come up that you can talk about. So it's a way to keep the conversation going. I will come out in support of the cube (laughs) if it's used for good, if it's used for good. So here's the thing. When it comes to the cube, I think what we have to look at is what are your intentions? Because if your intentions are, I really want to build a connection with somebody, I want a relationship, things like that. If you're talking to somebody and you run out of things to say, then you have to be like, okay, so maybe I'm not that interested in this person. Maybe this person's, they're not asking me questions back. They're not being reciprocal. If we look at the psychology, okay, your intentions versus if your only end game is to get laid, you could talk about the flight patterns of birds for all I care. Somebody's probably going to be interested in that. So I think, again, it's like we always have to look explanation or excuse. Is this coming from a place of real intentions of, all right, I'd like to get to know more about her. I'm going to use the cube because these are five great questions that tell me a lot about a personality so that I can decide if I'm interested in pursuing this person. Great. I think that's a positive way to use that versus I'm running out of shit to say I really want to take her home. So let me just throw some stuff. And then at least if I find out about some daddy issues, I'll put that in my back pocket later and gaslight her. (laughs) No. You know what I mean? Like, you see what I'm saying? It's like two very different experiences. For me, it was just talking to 
strangers, especially women that you're attracted to, makes you nervous. And you being nervous makes it harder for you to think of things to say. So even if you do have a connection and you do like someone and could speak to them, the fact that you're meeting them for the first time can throw a wrench into that. Intention. If you're genuinely using this because you're like, shit, I'm really nervous and I clam up. So at least I have that. I don't care if you have a fucking postcard in your pocket with questions that you could ask somebody to keep it going. (laughs) I don't care what you need to do if the nerves take over, then that's just regulating your nervous system and being able to sit there and be like, it's okay, I'm safe. It's all good. Like I'll think of something. And if not, then this isn't somebody I want to continue with. When we release the pressure again, versus I'm running out of things to say because this broad is really fucking boring. You see, it's like two very different (laughs) reasons to utilize this material. Okay. So it all just comes down to intention for you. Truly. I mean, like then of course there's certain things like gaslighting and manipulate those intentions. I'm like, I don't care what you're Sabrina, gaslighting's not real. There we go. You're right. She's she's a crazy broad with the brain that's the size of a pea. Things like that, those are just manipulation tactics, like love bombing, things like that that you're like, there is no good positive outcome to this. They're typically negative outcomes. Let's get to the bat next. The other category here. Negging is the most famous example from this book that people talk about all the time. It is just straight up manipulative. It is trying to bring someone else's self-esteem down so that you can more easily manipulate them. Plain and simple. There is an especially psychotic move in the game called the freeze out which is like you have a woman back at your place you're kissing her she doesn't want to go further than that and so you just abandon all contact you sit on the other side of the couch and you say oh if you're not comfortable then i think it's best we stop here and just freezing them out emotionally incredibly manipulative psychotic advice that's punishment by indifference that's incredibly narcissistic to do i'm not going to claim it is a narcissist like i don't fucking diagnose people but that's punishment by indifference that is the over indulgence with them and then when you don't get what you want it's well then i'm going to remove myself because discard i no longer have a use for you so i'm going to remove myself and then of course the woman's like if Mm -hmm. she's low self-esteem what did i do wrong oh my god no let me get him to like me oh all it and it's like yeah that's either you're going to get what you want because you're going to get a girl that's going to feel really shitty about herself or she's going to walk out and be like all right well take care then have a great night yeah and this is where if you're reading this and you're 18 years old suddenly it's up to you to figure out what stuff in here is well then uh, i get the girls that are like oh my god and he was so respectful when i said no he completely backed off and then you then then because he did that which worked i'm like and then you fucked him it's like so that wasn't actually respectful he didn't respect your boundaries he was manipulating you to bring yours down got it Mm -hmm. yeah there's something i learned uh, in a former life i I worked in education and we had the concept of the conversational volley and so young people do this all the time when they raise their hand and need attention like we all need attention spoiler alert the worst thing that you can do they use a tennis metaphor the serve and the volley right when a kid says me 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 i have a question whatever whatever even if it's a very basic question that they could probably answer themselves that's the serve and the worst thing you can do to a serve is not return it with the volley so when you're dealing with young people even if you say hey i see your hand i'll be with you in just one second that needs to be the move and the freeze out is using this serve and volley psychology you're not validating someone's experience so you're invalidating them by punishing them and then guess what that does probably reminds them of what their parents used to do to them because when you're a kid and your parents when you don't do what they want and then they punish you like my dad used to do that when we'd like if you were a bad kid he would just walk around and ignore you and then all you're doing is screaming wow. for your parent to look at you. And then what happens is because as an adult, your brain and your nervous system cannot differentiate if it's Giordano telling me this or my father. My brain recognizes the feeling mm. that's evoked in my body. That's all I'm able to be able to comprehend. So even knowing that, that's how fucking manipulative this shit is because it goes to someone's core wounds and literally hits them where it's below the belt, where it's just like, you're going to fuck this person up literally for life because you are chasing a feeling and you want to make yourself feel better because you have low self-esteem. Oh, yeah. These guys are not beyond being like, hey, I was able to activate someone's trauma to get laid yesterday. Let me post about it and do a taxonomy of why this worked. 
and how I recommend it's you wild. use it. Yeah. So let's move on to some of the ridiculous stuff that these guys advocate for. So first of all, I mean, the most famous example is yeah. peacocking. This idea of go if I wear a big felt top hat uh, with the, the flying glasses and the big chain. It can be fun to maybe wear some item of clothing that is a conversation starter. I don't know that you need to dress up like the guy from Alice in Wonderland necessarily. <laughs> yeah, there's such a thing as too much of a good thing. I love a good accessory. I own a pair of shiny gold Converse. Right. You have a flair. I've got my leopard fucking shoes or something that you're like, oh, it's a fun pop. Yeah. yeah, here's the thing. What I always like to look at is especially behavior like this, negging, when you're just putting somebody down, peacocking. Let's ask, how old do I feel like I am when I do this? When we think about peacocking, <laughs> doesn't that sound like a seven-year-old who would do that? Look how cool I look, guys. <laughs> when I'm working with clients, this is literally what I ask, where I'll be like, okay, so when you evoke this, how old do you think you are? Are you the adult that's sitting here now being like, do I really need to show up and pee and like wear this? Do I need to bring a girl down so that she'll <laughs> like me? And you're like, what are you, seven at the butt, the fucking volleyball court in, in middle school? Are you in elementary school? That's where it shows us where these people, their mindset is. The other thing they advocate for is bring a set of runes to the bar. <laughs> Wooden runes. Because they're magicians, a lot of times it's like, okay, how do I speak to this group of women at the bar? Well, I have a bag of magic yeah. tricks that I bring to the bar with me that includes things like a set of runes, a notebook for doing handwriting analysis, doing tarot card readings. There's all sorts of, of instruments that they can bring to basically provide value to these people and have a reason to approach them and start a conversation. So show and tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically have a magic routine ready. This is what they recommend you bring in the opener's bag. Yes. If you are to pick up this book from your library, this is the chapter that you should read because it goes on for pages and pages about what's in the going out bag that the pickup artist magicians bring to the bar. Yeah. And, and if, you, if you're getting this book from the library, maybe read it with gloves. Yeah. The piece of dryer lint so that you can take a dryer lint off of a woman's shoulder and go, how long has that been there? Yes. Which is a very queeny thing to say. It a is very, bit. it's very, you're like, judgment much? Like, goddamn, girl. It's like, all right. <laughs> and so that's using two forms of manipulation. That's the negging of bringing somebody down, of being like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Because what you're doing is you're making the other person question their own reality of like, oh, God. And then even just placing that seed of doubt. And that, let's say, for instance, if that girl maybe has some self-esteem issues about the way she dresses, you just got her hunk, line, and sinker. Mm -hmm. There's the envelope of pre-selected photos of you on vacation with your ex-girlfriends to show how great of a life you have, which is insane. insane. This, this has never worked on because anyone. Because all I would see is I'd be like, wow, you're not moved on over your ex-girlfriend. I would suggest therapy. <laughs> yeah, and also one specific kind of socially uncomfortable moment is when someone's literally showing you photos on their camera roll. Like, I don't, I don't want to see this. I don't care this. to see it. <laughs> Stop your show and tell. Yeah, you want to bring a black light for the same reason as the lint. You can shine it on their clothes and be like, wow, look at all the lint on your clothes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said that the type of person that they're hoping this works on is, is someone whose trauma they can take advantage of or whose insecurity they can take advantage of. It's the same of. thing as how narcissists do it. There's a playbook of what works for people because it's psychology. I'd love to wish that we're all snowflakes, but we're not. And so it's like a very easy, that's why I use it in the right way of like when you're dating questions to ask to gauge someone's emotional availability and things like that. You can utilize it to your advantage or it can be incredibly detrimental to some people. And we have to remember like some of these girls, like you said, are like 19, 20. I remember myself dealing with guys that were in their late 30s, early 40s, and the way that they groomed me and manipulated me, thank God I had people in my circle to pull me out. Otherwise, who the fuck knows where you'd be? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and these items come with scripts for you. So there's the tic-tac routine. Put two tic-tacs in your hand. Eat one very slowly. Then feed the second Good. one to her. If she accepts it, say, quote, there's something I forgot to tell you. I'm an Indian giver. I want my tic-tac oh. back. Then kiss oh, her. God. So we also get racial slurs. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're like, we're not politically correct. And not to mention, the manipulation, that's why when I hear things like this, it makes me 
cringe because I'm like, how could anybody fall for this? And it's like, but we got to remember there are people out there every day falling for this shit. Hopefully not much anymore thanks <laughs> to dating apps. I think this entire culture has kind of gone the way of the dough. No, no, man, they're still around they're on Reddit. Still there. Yeah, no, absolutely remember, they've, yeah. they've now transferred it yeah, from exactly. being in person. How do I utilize this to now how can I get what I want on the app? I hear it every day, dozens of times a day when people write in questions. Of, the one thing I hear, he was so amazing at first. And it's like, all right, guys, the analogy I use is like a fucking swimming pool. I'm like, do you not know that people understand how to swim to these depths? If it's very shallow, homeboy knows. Then you go to the deep end. He's not trying to swim down there with you. This routine has been rehearsed a thousand times. And the real way to move through that, you want to know if somebody is being authentic or not? Consistency over time is truly the only way you will ever know if this is an act, if this is bullshit, or if this person is genuinely meaning what they say and actually there for you because you have conflict and you resolve that conflict. It's the only way to learn. Otherwise, you're kidding yourself if you fucking, men or women, believe what anybody says within the first month. Maybe I'm a New Yorker. Maybe I'm too mm. cynical and I don't trust people. <laughs> but it's helped me in life because it's like when you believe what people say and the bullshit that people spew when they're trying to get something from you, you're making a big mistake. Especially as a woman. You got things that men want. Let's not be coy here. So I have a technique for kissing a woman that Ben always makes fun of me for. And I feel like our mutual friend does as well. I just ask. I'm like, do you want to make out? And I... <laughs> I appreciate the consent. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that it's unromantic, but I've also like, I don't know, it is one of those things where it's like 80% of the time it works every time. So here's the thing, <laughs> what another thing that even just body language, this is the good reading people's body language. If a woman looks you in the eyes and licks her lips or does like a, that's mean she wants you to kiss her. So if you're, if you're, if right, she's, okay. if I'm looking at you right now at the end of the night and I'm just doing like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and a big part of that obviously is just, are, are we in a place that's, uh, I'm not walking up to random people and asking them this. <laughs> There's a girl at the bank. Hey, you also, you know, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been on a date in two years, but in a former life, this was my move that I always got criticized for, but I stand by it. Yeah. It's much better than the Tic Tac routine. I would say I'd rather you get consent than get a slap in the face because now you've just been inappropriate. I'd rather you ask somebody and then be like, wow, that was a gentlemanly thing to do than do something. And then all of a sudden you're, you're the creep that fucking pushes himself onto women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we roasted Jordana, we usually put a fake medieval accent on it. Doth milady wishes <laughs> for perchance a kiss if? <laughs> Shall we swap salivas? You're like, I, it's like, it sounds like, like love on the spectrum. But that's something that they would do of just like... <laughs> It's so good. Shout out to Connor, who I feel like would be the most likely to ask the question like that. Yeah. yeah. So should we transition to our Echoes in the Culture now? So in conclusion, we'll just want to talk about how some of this stuff is still alive today. I think that the incel community has a strong connection to the pickup artist community because the very first incel community online was actually a subreddit called Pickup Artist Hate. And these were people who had looked into the pickup artist subculture as a way to remedy their woes, but found it to be too optimistic of a worldview, actually. These people were saying that you could change your lot in life if you did these techniques, whereas the incels were more blackpilled about their outlook. So given that the first incel subreddit was called Pickup Artist Hate, you can see that they, while they were enemies, they were occupying the same spaces online. But I think that you can see a lot of this incel mindset in the beginning of the game. Like the way that they think about women and talk about women in general, there's a lot of overlap. And they even gave incels a lot of terms terminology that they use today. Have you ever heard of the term mogging? It's a very popular term in incel culture, but that comes from I this book. I don't know half the word. Like people are like, you ate that. I'm like, what is it? Like, yeah. And I'm like, I like, is it? I'm like, so I did a good job. Once I made a video and the guy that, that did it, he stitched it. Like he commented and he's like, you ate that. And I got nervous. At first I remember I was like, hmm. 
oh my god i thought like you ate it like, <laughs> and you fucking blew it and so i and then i googled it and it was like you did a great job and i was like you know what this generation's lost me you ate it bet all that stuff so i don't know what the fuck they're talking about well mogging is a very funny concept in the book because these are all nerds right and so one issue they kept having in the field <laughs> is that they were running their pickup artistry masterfully all the women were engrossed and then some jock would come up behind them and just lift them up <laughs> and it would totally destabilize the entire frame that they had set up and so the amog is the alpha male of other group it's basically the jock that you've hated since you were a child who is ruining your pickup attempt by demasculating you <laughs> what's the last time you saw a man pick up another man <laughs> That's why I was like, where is this happening like is this another part of brooklyn right now because like has it just not been a while since I've been there because if anyone even touched yeah. me out in public i literally have instantly thrown my elbow so even breathing next to me i'll have an issue well they actually in the book they develop anti-mogging technology <laughs> for when you're picked up so you can have something to regain the frame. Is it like frame. a spike belt? Uh, you're just like, is it like the chastity yeah, belt? From yeah. here? Like, that's why they wear the spike it. belts. Like, that's oh, correct. That's, it's anti-mogging technology. When the spikes come out and, it, yeah, and they drop him, it's like, that's just what happens. It's a coat you wear. And then one more echo in the culture, I think, is on the uh, like the female side of things. There are a couple subreddits that are pickup artist subreddits for women, and they have to do with what's called looks maxing. Have you heard about this, folks? They're calling it looks maxing. So the concept of maxing comes from the world of Dungeons and Dragons, because as we continue to stress, these guys are dorks. And so the idea is you max out one stat. Some of the horrible toxic incels talk about your only hope to get a woman is by jester maxing. <laughs> Just maxing out your jester oh, stat. I.e. Like, <laughs> be, uh, be funny. These are the people that think that Disney movies are real. You know what I mean? These are the people that'll come to me and they're like, <laughs> but in this movie, like this guy did this. And you're like, oh, so you believe what some, you believe cinematically what somebody wrote is going to translate into real life. So you think Dungeons and Dragons is like, oh, this is how we can treat humans. And it's like, so again, you don't understand human psychology and behavior if you think it's something so simple like that. I like that part of your podcast actually a lot where you just kind of remind yourself that you don't live in a storybook. You didn't just miss out on an opportunity to have a storybook ending. That's not how life works. But for like the women communities that try to do pickup artistry, they mostly focus on their looks. And so they're doing looks maxing. It's like, okay, how do I get the best type of fake eyelashes right. or do the best type of skincare? Which admittedly is a healthier reaction than, than the male pickup artist stuff. But isn't really getting to the real problem, which is, oh, is your solution to finding love to work on yourself like your podcast would advocate for? Or is it to like make yourself look better so that you're a more attractive object well, for other it's, people? It's, it's, like, again, it's like incel thought process of like, oh, all it is is just because, oh, it's just because I'm not pretty enough. And it's like, is that all you think a relationship is? Is just that like you have to be good looking. Mm. And it's like, I get that every day when I used to be single, they'd be like, well, you're pretty. And I'm like, so I can get through the door, but can I keep myself at the table? Like, there has been so many studies where it's like when girls give me this bullshit of I spent $200 to get ready for this date. He should pay for me. I'm like, cut the shit, baby. You did that for you, not for him. Most guys don't want that. Most guys I talk to are like, I don't know. I prefer a girl without makeup. I prefer her in her more natural habitat. Most guys don't want all of this. And if they do, they're usually really controlling and they want you to be in a specific way. If you're going to utilize something, I used to do that. I used to think, oh, it's just my looks. Oh, that's why if I can sleep with them, oh, then I've got them. I don't care if you're the queen of Sheba. If someone's emotionally unavailable and this person, which all of these schmucks are, they're so emotional unavailable and disconnected from themselves they literally don't even know what's happening in their body which is them trying to seek approval and validation which is why they do all of this but that's for another day but even just learning that instead of trying to oh let me just change the outside and i'll get someone it's like maybe we should look at what the actual issue here is because it's like you can get laid you can get through the door but can you keep yourself at the table do you actually have somebody that wants a relationship that's the fucking issue it's not because your eyelashes weren't mm. long enough that this guy doesn't want to date you yeah intentions 100%. it's not sexy 
fantasy. It's really not. It's like not the fun fantasy. It's the reality. You are two men that could probably tell me straight up. I don't care if you had literally God's gift come right below you. When you're not ready for a relationship, you're going to find a fucking problem with it. Yeah. And that's, I think, a great note to end on because for these guys, it's people who are saying to themselves like, oh, I need to wrist max because my wrists aren't big enough. And so I need to learn all these moves. And then that way I can get my foot in the door and get a woman to like me. And it's like, why don't you just deal with the underlying issue of why you're obsessing over your wrists? <laughs> I love new things to be self-conscious about. <laughs> this is what I'm going to be thinking about for the rest of the day. Jordana. Just your wrists. <laughs> it's true. It's like, that's, that yeah. is why I even started my podcast and did everything. Cause I was like, wow, this is why nobody's feeling better. And it was the same journey I went on where I was like, all this toxic bullshit I was getting. And I was like, no, I wasn't feeling better because I wasn't actually dealing with the issues. I was thinking I was by, oh, it must be this. It must be this. It must be this. And it's like, yeah, but that's not actually how humans work and psychology works and how our brain works and how we operate as people. Sure. If you want to listen to sweeping generalizations, if people want to pick up the game and go by that, it's the same as if you wanted to, he would. It's like, if you want to use incel terminology and start acting like really low brow shit, then don't be surprised that that's the reality you're going to get. And if the fantasy you're creating in your head isn't matching real life, then you are the fucking problem. And we need to stop blaming everything else about that. Yeah. Just whatever you do, my closing thoughts on pickup artist culture in the game is it's such a shame that even someone that I fucking hate, like Jordan Peterson, who is bad and should be exiled from Canada to some kind of island somewhere. It is good to clean your room. I'm sorry for, for <laughs> our listeners who keep a dirty room, but the fact that there are these kernels of good advice, but as you said, Sabrina, you use the word intentions. I would, I use the word good faith in my notes. Whatever you do, do it in right. good faith because it is good to hit the gym, actually. It is good to be healthy. It is good to groom. That's a true thing. But just, yeah, do it in good faith and do it for you and because it's right, not in order to use people as a means to an end. Yeah, that's right, Ben. You're right. You need to run the the cube in good faith. You know? like, <laughs> that's kind of what you're yeah, saying. Like, are you doing yeah. it for, it's like in The Bachelor. Are you doing this? Are you here for the right reasons? It's like, but it's true. Like, are you actually doing this because you're connected to yourself and you're really listening to yourself and you have boundaries and non-negotiables and you're, you know, you're doing the work on yourself. It's like, or is this coming from because you're avoiding doing all that and you're chasing a feeling and you just like those highs. And it's like, I get it. If that's all you knew growing up or if that's all your environment was, I don't mean to sound like I'm not a therapist, but I don't mean to sound like one of like, yeah, it does come from childhood. It's like, I hate to break it to you. This is not just gravity is also just a theory, just like attachment styles. And you don't see me discrediting that it, these theories come from somewhere. And instead of us playing a game, like here's how I'm going to leave it off of. If you're going to use dating and gamify it like a fucking casino, guess what? The house is always going to win. And if you're going to come in and keep hmm. throwing those slots in, then you're just going to keep wondering why you keep getting players and you keep getting bullshit that keeps cycling through. You allow it, it's going to keep perpetuating. That's actually exactly what happens in the game is mystery has a mental breakdown, even though he's getting laid more than ever because... <laughs> It turns out that his need to get laid that much was tied to his parents. And then once one of his parents exactly. died, he had all this unresolved issues. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I'm like, I, Surprise! People, people love to do the, like, it's not all about childhood. And you're like, actually, it is. If you expand every fucking client I have to this day, and it's not, it doesn't have to be a big T trauma. It doesn't have to mean that your parents abused you. That's not what this is about. We all experience trauma growing up, and it's our perception of a situation. That's all that we look at. Because as a child, if my parent, I had a client, her parent used to lock 
lock himself in the room to do work. And she would be screaming, banging at the door. And the dad's thinking, all right, she'll, it's fine. She'll calm herself down. She has a crippling anxiety now because she never knew when the door was going to open. Mm. Her dad didn't do anything to hurt her, but that doesn't mean that she didn't have a perception of the situation she had to work on. We've got to understand that you don't need to villainize. I get it. Our brain sometimes has to think bad. But like you said, you hate Jordan Peterson. I don't love everything he has to say, but he does say some stuff that I'm like, yeah, okay, I can hold two conflicting thoughts. I can maybe not like somebody, but I can also look and extract and say, but that makes sense to me. I can use logic to say, but I understand what that means. Yeah, yeah. I like this takeaway because I am single, Jordana was not, and I like the takeaway that that it is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's your, here, let's switch it. It's your responsibility. As someone who has a big self-loathing streak, this is yeah. great. It's, that's why I'm saying, let's reframe it. It's your responsibility to work on. That's it. It's just, now it's something, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not your fault. You didn't ask for it. It's not our fault that our parents did stuff to us, but it is our responsibility to work through it and not make it everybody else's problem. Yeah, we love that, it. Great. And if you want to hear more from Sabrina, please check out the Do The Work podcast. It's very good. It's made me feel much more at ease with my dating life in general. Well, and you're in a relationship, so it's obviously yes. working. Thanks, man. Yeah, but I mean, you still have to do work once you're in a relationship. 100%, but that's my point. Know? It's like you're in, it's like you're doing it, mm-hmm. and it's like that's, you. it works if you work it. Like a relationship is usually actually the start of most of your work. People think it's when you're single and you're like, just wait until you're triggered by somebody <laughs> else or mind your parents. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as always, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe. If you share something on Instagram, we reshare it. We respond to every comment. We love the comments. They make our day. And a huge thank you to Sabrina for coming on the pod and uh, talking about pickup artists. Yeah, we'll put her info in the show notes. Nice to meet you all. Ciao, ciao. All right. Bye. Peace. Hey, thank you for listening through the interview. I know it was a little less bit heavy than we usually try and make our show. So here are some remedial bits. No, not remedial. Supplementary. Here are some supplementary bits for you. Yes. Thank you for still being with us. So I was thinking for a second, has there been a pickup artist president? Because we love to obsess, especially post 1960s. We love to obsess over president sex lives, right? We all know JFK banged Marilyn Monroe and probably had her killed. We all know LBJ crushed. JFK's numbers. And of course, we have the sex scandals of one William Jefferson Clinton. Jordano, do and you there think- are a lot of them, folks. There's a lot. <laughs> Jordano, who do you think, and I know that it might be the wrong question to ask, because as our favorite dead war criminal said, Henry Kissinger, power is a kind of aphrodisiac. So a president doesn't really need to study the blade and use the techniques, but which president has been the closest to engaging in pickup artist culture? Uh, um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Bill Clinton. I don't really think of Bill Clinton as a pickup artist in the traditional sense, just because these are typically like nerds who acquired, like they studied the blade, mm-hmm. right? And they became proficient in ridiculous ways. And I just don't see Bill Clinton as being a studied the blade type guy. He just seems like someone who is naturally charming and sleazy. And you've clearly uh, never seen him play the saxophone, because let me tell you, it's magic. It's as magic as anything any of our pickup artists could do that's true he did study the saxophone you think that was a ploy to get people to like him i think he might have been sax maxing dude i think he might have been (laughs) maxing out that sax ad (laughs) potentially you mean he wasn't in it for the music he was in it so he could go on arsenio hall he was in it so that he could be the first black president i'm learning the saxophone i'm sax maxing you know who i honestly think was the first pickup artist president was teddy roosevelt Mm. like only because i mean this was a guy who like was a nerd he had asthma and he was macho maxing you know like he was going around <laughs> the country like going to dude ranches and being a bit of a, a poseur if mm, you will mm-hmm. in order to get some like new sense
offensive personality grafted onto him. And mm-hmm. sometimes I got that sense from these pickup artists, like I'm going to learn hypnosis or I'm going to learn how to only sleep for 15 minutes at a time. Or like he seemed like prescriptive for himself in new ideologies the same way that these pickup artists do. You know how one of the techniques in the game is to show a list of curated photos at the bar? I'm imagining the TR version of that is like, say, do you want to see these daguerreotypes of the animals I killed? <laughs> <laughs> we, di- we discovered yes. a new species and I shot it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a piece of its skin. Feel how leathery it is. <laughs> What you want to do is is carry a bag of skins from the various animals you've killed. Yes. And said, baby, what if I could take you to Africa right now? What if I could lay you down on a full bearskin rug back at my lodge? You tell her she can kiss a frog, and then you remove the frog at the last moment to kiss her. <laughs> yeah, what does the 19th century pickup artist look like? Ooh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, not a lot of people know this, but the 19th century dandy, peacocking, that's what that was. That was peacocking for sure, yeah. 100%. I keep thinking about the lint test, but I think they had lint back then. They, they didn't have the cube back then. They only had the square, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> they hadn't figured out uh, the other I'm, dimension. I'm, tr- I'm trying to come up with a joke about 19th century negging. How about something like, uh, oh, nice epaulettes. Actually, my aunt has the same ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it can't be Ant. So you're saying Ant actually because you're sort of implying that like they haven't kept up with the best fashions. Right. Nice whalebone corset. My grandmother has the same one. <laughs> it's got to be a lady garment. It can't be an epaulette, right? Is an right. epaulette, is that what generals have? You're right. Yeah, yeah, true. There the has thing to be something is, we can most, do. Most of their tricks like would work. Like they would actually work better in the 19th century, to be honest, because like mm-hmm. they're doing like essentially like magic and like fake psychology. Oh, right? yeah. Like, they'd, be go- uh, they'd be going back to the golden age of magicians and shit they'd be going back to the prestige times yeah what's that like uh russian occultism okay well have you ever heard of esoteric dimensions (laughs) (laughs) hey they say that you can be as happy as you want to be at any time by just looking at my hands and following them yeah because like i should we we didn't get a chance to get into this with sabrina here but i should stress that the moves that these guys are like going to bars and running over and over again are like going up to women and asking them things like hey did you know that like you can make your brain feel happy whenever it wants if you learn a certain technique you know how you feel after you go for a run or after you meditate like you can do that to your own brain okay so like imagine my hand uh, puts you at a medium happiness level and when i put my hand up you feel happier and when i put my hand down you feel sadder Mm -hmm. and then you like raise your hand to do this on them all that stuff would still work in the 19th century if anything it worked better 100 yeah easy easy just like doing phrenology (laughs) like that's what the cube is actually it's just you're doing phrenology (laughs) (laughs) running your hand over the scalp checking for lumps Oh, yeah. The number of bumps on your skull is actually the amount of close friends that you have. (laughs) So given that I've explained what the actual bits in the game look like, Ben and I thought it might be fun to give our own like Barney Stinson style schemes for meeting women. You could maybe like, okay, you go to Washington Square Park and you bring either like a friend or an easel and you put a cell phone on it and you claim that you are making a TikTok series for a very popular TikTok account that asks people trivia questions about the New York City subway system Mm. or something anything and you're like what's the only line that doesn't go to manhattan or you know yeah easy 
buckets. <laughs> What's the coolest line? What is the best dressed line as rated by GQ? Oh, really? Actually, this no, is I'm real, making this up. It's got to be something that goes down to Wall Street, right? It's got to be. I'm going to say the, the L train. I love the outfits on the L train. Unpopular take, but I actually love the G trains, and I'm over Manhattan. Um, so that's my idea. That's my made up bit. Nice. Um, find a cute lady driving a car, trying to make a right on a red, and she's not looking. Get hit by your car. Boom. <laughs> You've just exchanged numbers <laughs> for the insurance purposes. Yeah, and it has a sort of romantic comedy vibes to it. Yeah, it's serendipitous. It's the meat cute. Someone did you with their car. Okay, now here's one major echo in the culture that I don't think we got into. And I, I say this very playfully, almost entirely in jest. I think the pickup artists were incredibly successful in imprinting their stupid beliefs and hobbies onto the fairer sex because so many of the interests that women have nowadays i'm thinking astrology i'm thinking spells i'm thinking magic i'm thinking mr universe shit i'm thinking manifesting the word <laughs> manifesting never comes up in the game as i recall but these guys are manifestors left right and center all of the shit that they were in i feel like are very popular with large swaths of the fairer sex nowadays and maybe just maybe they successfully imprinted some of these interests hobbies and beliefs in the course of their... They just told so many people in LA about it that it became part of the culture. They laid the heaven did. <laughs> they spoke it into I, existence. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously like what is happening is that the things that these guys are interested in, they actually just pick stuff that women are already interested in, mm. like manifesting. They love the supernatural and that stuff is a lot of fun. They love magic. But did uh, they 20 years ago, Jordan? That's the question. That's true. I don't know. It's hard to say. We need to do an episode on The Secret at some point. I mm bought it i need to read it jordano i can't do that episode i will <laughs> be too misogynistic <laughs> well i have a method for you actually for how to get over being misogynistic on the podcast well what's that you basically just visualize yourself not being misogynist <laughs> on a podcast <laughs> And it's supposed to just come true. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's funny because, yeah, for that stuff, I feel like you're not willing to like go along with that. Whereas people will, like, Sabrina basically accused me <laughs> of not acting in good faith if I go along with something that I don't believe in for the purposes of getting to know someone better. Because mm -hmm. if they start talking about spells, like, I, you don't want to be a downer and just be like, oh, no, that's ridiculous. You'll be like, what? No way. That's incredible. Today, <laughs> and I are in a group chat where someone said to post, whose joke was essentially every man's been in a position where a woman said I used to live with a ghost and then said uh-huh or something to that effect I have never once done that incidentally coincidentally with no causal relationship I am still single but <laughs> <laughs> I am one of the biggest horoscope haters in the world and let me tell you that is not a popular position to hold I'm kind of like I'm kind of like the Scrooge McDuck of of the new agey <laughs> bunk you know what Ben that is such an Aquarius thing to say <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel any connection to your zodiac at all no really i do weirdly and i love rules and you know who else loves rules virgos virgos are supposed to love order and rule virgo, are you a virgo i'm a virgo yeah oh okay the sweet innocent virgo okay so we should actually also say that like i wanted to give like a quick like one minute recap of the game as a book and just mm -hmm. talk about what is the actual conflict in this book and just as a literary piece the book is about they frame this story in terms of these are people who who never 
really understood social cues, especially romantic social cues and habits. And so they are learning to basically create a taxonomy of human behavior where they take every human behavior that they observe and put it in a little glass box and label it and say, this is called approach anxiety. And it's a fear of speaking to strangers that you find attractive. Or this is called anti-slut defense. And this is a woman's not wanting to sleep with multiple people. And this is an indicator of interest or IOI for short. IOI, indicator of interest. Right, exactly. This is like when a woman expresses to you that she's interested by maybe like smiling or touching your shoulder or looking at you. (laughs) And that's how these people approach this is like in this very inhuman and robotic way. And the villain in this book is someone who takes it to this logical extreme. The villain in the book is a person also from Canada named Tyler Durden. Well, that's his code pickup name, right? You're right. Tyler Durden starts treating everybody basically the way that they treat women, including his friends. And as a result, it causes all of their social group to infight and collapse on itself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because the way that they treat women is like inhuman and uncaring and selfish. And it turns out that if you can't really have friends, if you treat everybody this way. Yeah, it turns out in order to make this sustainable, you do need to view half of the human population as fundamentally lesser. Yeah. Wham, wham. So yeah, that's kind of the conflict of the book. In the end, Style realizes that doing all this is stupid, which is very much like a uh, Eisenhower on the way out of office saying, beware the military industrial complex. <laughs> Because he still gets to brag for hundreds of pages. Yeah, there's a lot of bragging about, like, threesomes that he's doing and fucking porn stars in washrooms, stuff like that. All right. uh, Is there anything else? Just remember, everyone, staying true to your core value of honesty is better than any human connection you could could ever make. You You, may uh, go to bed alone, but you go to bed alone with your values intact. So fucking true. (laughs) I mean, I guess I'm just, like, indecisive enough that I don't even know what my core values are, so it's easier just to acquiesce to whoever I'm with. Yeah, the most important impressionable guy ever met <laughs> all right yes if you hung around to our supplemental bits at the end thank you so much as always please like please subscribe big things coming on the pod Tease i'm gonna get a little content. christian children's fund on you for a second here and say oh, yeah. if only one tenth of one percent of you were to leave a review then we wouldn't <laughs> have to ask for over three years but sadly i do have to ask for some of you to leave a review <laughs> thank you it only takes a moment and we do appreciate it on <laughs> Spotify, you click the three little dots. It's like in the top right-hand corner. Three dots. Rate, show. Whatever rating you want. One star, five star. I don't care. Just leave a review. Mm-hmm. It helps the algorithm. On God Apple, damn. it's at the bottom. Spotify, top right, three dots. Rate, show. What's even better than that is, listen, you're driving someplace. You're a fucking shitty millennial. You're driving with a friend to go accomplish a task of some kind. You got 30 minutes. Bro, remember shuffle on in the pod. Force feed this podcast on your friends and loved ones. That's how we grow I've never the show. played a podcast for a group before. Oh, I've done it so many times. <laughs> really? I've never done it with our pod. Shameless. I've yeah. never had any any group of people listen to a podcast. It's great on a road trip. Back in 2014, I listened to all of Serial. So you listen to mm-hmm. an episode of the pod, then you discuss the episode of the pod. That works better for true crime, probably. <laughs> all right, goodbye. <laughs> See you later. Thank you so much for yeah, joining just, us. Yeah, and we'll be listening. back in two weeks with The Two Towers. We'll be continuing our Lord of the Rings series. So until then. Ciao, ciao. Peace. So let's let's do the cube. Imagine, yeah, you and I, we're outside smoking and we got nothing to talk about because we just met. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Ben, have you ever heard of the cube? No. What is it? Oh, it's a personality test. You know, people say that it can tell you something about yourself. Well, tell me more. Based on how you answer. Okay. So, I mean, the idea is that I'm going to describe something to you and then you tell me what you see in your mind's 
eye. You know what your mind's eye is? Like the when theater you see stuff mind. in the brain? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who has a aphantasia, my friend Beth. And so it was very difficult to do the cube with her. But most <laughs> people have a mind's eye. So imagine a cube, okay? It's Done. in the desert, all alone, nothing around it. What's your cube look like? My cube is made of steel. It's made of like girders, eye beams. Like it's okay. not finished being constructed. It's like a construction site. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so it's opaque then. You can't see through it. Uh, Well, I mean, it's it's opaque. <laughs> only the, the beams themselves are opaque, but it's like the frame of a cube. So you can mm, see so straight it, through I, it. Interesting. So it's not like fully solid. Correct. Yeah. There are it's, whole like, okay, that's really interesting. I actually haven't heard of that too often. <laughs> And okay, so how large is your cube? I'd say it's like um, it's like the kind of housing I want to see built. It's like it's about you know five <laughs> six stories tall, missing middle housing. It's a five or six story cube. Wow, interesting. But it's it's you want to see housing that's five or six stories? Okay, yeah, like an apartment building or something. Yeah, yeah, like a low a, a low rise apartment building filled with walk ups. Wow, interesting. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is really interesting. Okay, so next, is the cube floating or is it on the ground? It sounds like it's on the ground. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, on the okay. ground, on a foundation. That, ma- that makes sense, actually. And, okay, so I got a good sense for what your cube looks like. Next, mm-hmm. there's also a ladder somewhere in your mind's eye. Imagine the ladder. Tell me, where is your ladder? Oh, it's leaned up against the side of the cube on the outside. Okay, yep, yep, yep. And what's it made out of? I guess steel best answer. Ladder material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my friend who has FA. Fantasia said her ladder was made out of ladder material. No, no, no. Joking aside, it's like a, a traditional construction site ladder. Okay. So it's made of made of like aluminum or whatever. Ah, Aluminium, if you it, fancy. So it's, it's a construction site ladder, so it like it slides up and it slides down. Correct. Interesting. Okay. And it's got a lot of rungs, I assume, right? Because it, it, it's for like a five building house. Like how big is this ladder? It doesn't go five stories up. It goes, it, you can lean it up to the second story. You can climb up, lift up the ladder. It goes up it's like... A reg- okay, so it's a regular yeah, size a reg- ladder. Gotcha. A regular ladder. Gotcha. Okay, cool. I'm really taking advantage of all of the imagining I can do. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is great. Honestly, I think people will like to hear about the cube. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm nuts. Okay, so this is usually where I'll make a, a call based on how interested the person I'm speaking to is, wh- whether or not I'll skip the horse. <laughs> okay, what's your horse look like? It's a six-legged horse. It's like the beast from Norse mythology that either Thor or Loki was said to ride. I forget if it was wow. a six- or eight-legged horse, but it was a... Uh, it's a horse with too many legs. That honestly is so interesting. <laughs> and I can't wait to tell you why. Okay, how close is it? Is it far away? Is it near The horse is, is far off in the distance. Is it coming towards you or not? I think the eight-legged horse is rather skittish and it is running away. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, okay. And one more question about the horse. Does it have a saddle? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Interesting. And okay, so the last part of this is that there's a storm. There's a storm happening somewhere in the distance or close by wherever you see it in your mind's eye um i would see i think i see the storm far away i'm not in the middle of it i'm I'm not in the eye of the storm i think i got a good few hours before the storm (laughs) hits my cube okay okay all right and the strength of the storm is it violent is it you know mild oh yeah yeah it's it's a it's a batten down the hatches kind of storm 
Wow. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> We're battening down patches. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So yeah, that's the end of the test. All right. Tell I me, guess... Doc. Give me the straight truth. Give me the verdict. How much time do I got? <laughs> this was my move. I don't know if I invented it. A great move at the end of running the cube is to be like, ah, eh, you know what? This doesn't really matter. <laughs> and kind of like change the subject. Neg. <laughs> it's not a you neg, but like... You wouldn't just, really get it. <laughs> it's You're teasing. You're teasing. Because sure. you have sure. every intention of telling them, but it's just like, I'm sure that this seems stupid. It, you know what you're saying? Yeah, you're saying like, this does seem ridiculous, but you do want to know, don't you? I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially the way you were reacting to my answers. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome if you like your your uh, therapist or like psychologist reacted that way to your answers. <laughs> no way. That's really interesting. <laughs> that's wild. Scribbles furiously. <laughs> that makes sense for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the cube represents how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. There's a number of details about the cube that tell you about how you kind of view your own ego, mm. right? So typically people will see something about the size of like a bread box. Mm. So, but usually what's more interesting is like the material. Okay. So the material, yours is made out of like, like real solid objects, you know, wood, iron, mm -hmm. right? Which I think does speak to like, I mean, you have talked about like wanting to move to the middle of the desert and live off the land like there's a certain <laughs> hokiness to that like a return to nature it's a very natural type of material so on top of that generally people have like an opaque cube or you can see through it it's translucent mm -hmm. and that is supposed to represent whether or not how much you're letting people see inside of you mm -hmm. right like how much of them you're like really letting in and yours is interesting because it's both actually mm -hmm. so you're like letting people see inside you but it's also very guarded with mm -hmm. like an absolutely opaque object your cube is fucking massive, by the way. Like, one of the jokes in the game is that Paris Hilton's cube is the size of a hotel. And yours is the size of a small hotel. <laughs> it's, uh, it's missing middle housing, Tornado. <laughs> yes, that is true, though. It's, like, specifically described as being practical housing. So that's good. And it's on the ground, of course, because I think you are a very grounded person. Mm. Uh, whether or not the, the cube is floating or not. It's like, this is sort of like an idealistic or grounded person quality. Mm. My cube is floating, actually. So that's the cube. Next, we'll move on to the ladder, which is how you view your closest friends. And the ladder, if yours is interesting because once again, you know, made out of good, solid, practical materials. You know, I, I have like some kind of fantasy ladder in my head. It's like an, a ladder that elves would use or something. Mm. And yours is again, construction material, just like your cube. Yeah. It's normal size, which means, you, you know, the number of rungs is supposed to represent your close friends and you have like a normal amount of close friends. Nice. Uh, I'm loving how I I'm loving how I'm like mid <laughs> in the cube. What do you mean mid? Normal. You said like it's like normal. It's like I am I'm like splitting the difference between the opaque and the translucent. It's like well, a that's a an interesting personality quality, I think. This idea yeah. that like you can be guarded but also open to people. Mm -hmm. There's no winning the cube, Ben. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Quote a yeah. famous fictional pickup artist. Uh, and then the fact that the ladder is on the leaning against the cube represents that like yeah, you feel that you are meant to rely on your friends for support and your friends are meant to rely on you for support. You know, mm. my, my ladder's on the ground. I'm more of a, a lone wolf <laughs> style person. <laughs> I hate asking for help. Wait, do you just have a ladder just on the ground lying horizontal? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay, so next What's we got the horse? horse. Your horse is fucking wild, dude. That is the first time I've ever heard that answer. 
So the horse actually represents your ideal lover, and yours <laughs> oh, is like no. a mythical creature from the ancient world. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. It's in the distance and it's skittish. Mm-hmm. So that it means that you don't really see them in your immediate future and they have a skittish quality to them. <laughs> but it's nice. a beautiful animal. It's a beautiful <laughs> horse. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And generally, the the saddle is supposed to represent your sort of like ideal level of control over your ideal lover. Mm. So it means that like you do feel like you would like to uh, maybe have like a closer relationship and one that isn't as like free flowing as a saddleless horse. Lastly, we got the storm, which is how you see problems in your life. <laughs> and you, you did say that your storm is well in the distance, which I was like, oh, good. But then you said <laughs> no, no more than two or three hours away. <laughs> Which I think is maybe a a good way to live your life and perhaps instructive to be like, yeah, there's these horrible storms and you know what, baby, they're two to three hours away. Uh, and they That's are batting down the hatches. That's a future bed. Future bed, <laughs> yeah. two to three hours down the line. So anyway, yeah, that's the cube. You know, not too much of that is predicated on like me knowing you. A lot of that, like I could have just said to a random person. I mean, the beauty of the thing is, yes, it's fun to do. And I'm not saying that it's true. I'm saying that people like to hear about themselves. And I don't know if you, if you tell someone they're grounded or idealistic, they're going to believe it, whichever one you say. Yeah, it's, because it's, it's much like a horoscope is vague enough that you can see yourself in whatever you say. And it's fun. And like I said with Sabrina, people need a pretense to speak to each other. And sometimes you're nervous and you don't know what to say. And it can eat up five minutes and it can introduce stories about their life that you can then ask them about. Mm -hmm. Prime the pump of conversation with the cube. Yeah. Next time you're with your friend and uh, maybe you missed your flight and now you got to wait two hours and you want to kill 20 minutes, maybe ask them the cube. And what's hilarious is like you told me what all of it meant and I forgot. I forgot each and every one. My idea lover uh, is mythical <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> exist <laughs> she can't exist uh, excuse me has anyone ever told you oh my god what oh call an ambulance what's going on just, just, just try not to speak here sit down just don't talk don't talk what's wrong what's the matter shh, shh, just don't move don't move just try here have some water water and here come the paramedics oh thank god you're here <laughs> I think there might be some internal bleeding, probably some some fractures. We got to get her to the hospital. What are you talking about? You've had a terrible fall. No, I haven't. Really? Because I could swear you fell straight out of heaven, Angel. (laughs) Give him your number. What? Give him your number. What? Give him your number. Come on, guys, you're embarrassing me. Give him your number. What are you? Come on. They're not going to stop until you give me your number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah.